Hey, what's going on? This is Bill Burr from the All Things Comedy Network. I am very excited to tell you that we are going to be releasing a stand-up special from the unbelievably talented, unbelievably hilarious, and unbelievably original Ted Alexandro. He has a new stand-up special called Senior Class of Earth. You can check it out exclusively at atcspecials.com and follow the All Things Comedy Network for more ways to support your favorite comedians. This is huge for us. This is everything that All Things Comedy was about. We wanted to get in business with great artists and help them to maintain control and ownership of what they created. And this is our first foray into that. Once again, it's called Senior Class of Earth from the great Ted Alexandro. You can check it out at atcspecials.com. Three, two, one. Yes, you got it. Hello, everybody. It's me, Stephen Brody Stevens, back here again, Burbank, California, the Festival of Sports and Friendship, All Things Comedy, San Fernando Valley, live on Twitter, live on Periscope. We are recording podcast versions as well. I have a guest today. Uh, I will probably take a call. I will reach out. I will have a conversation. We'll talk current events and sound effects theater, the baseball card game, in the moment, just putting it out there. And I'm energy-based. That's the thing. A lot of these podcasts, they're all they're all mapped out and, and prepped out. But what I'm going to do here, with, and I have a guest, and I, I'm, I'm going to ask the guest now, you can relax and just mentally, I'm going to play right now for this five minutes, six minutes. I talk to the camera. I'm, I'm just zoning. I want to totally look at them, totally about them. Then we bring you in. Then we bring you in. Because this is all, this is through the mind of Stephen Brody Stevens. It's all through my spectrum, Time Warner Spectrum Cable. I'm on it. <laughs> and we'll have fun today, but I'd want to just spend some time with some current, because we're current event, we're live. For, for us not to talk about what's happening out there. There was an earthquake in Japan. I just saw it on Drudge, 6.5. They'll be, they'll be okay. Japan is, is built for earthquakes. Yeah, definitely. They practice earthquakes in Japan. They do. They do earthquake. Earthquakes go to Japan it. to practice. <laughs> that, that's, that's how prepared Japan is, that they go, yeah. earthquake, come here. Yeah, earthquakes, they go there as their open mic, and then they go to headline other places. There you go. Yeah, to go just to test out new... You test it out there. Earthquake talk. Here we go. I am Stephen Brody Stevens, and this is the monologue. Yes, you got it. Hey, everybody, I'm Brody Burbank in the San Fernando Valley. Fall is in the air. The shadows are appearing on baseball games. It's autumn. The... The flowers are changing, the leaves are drying out, and the polar ice caps are dictating magnetic changes in the clouds. Bottom line is fall is great. You could feel actually on Labor Day, the weather actually changed. When people say, hey, I could feel fall in the air, there is something about it that when Labor Day comes around, the U.S. Open on that Sunday night. You start wearing a jacket because I'll tell you what, it's been really hot this summer in Los Angeles, in the Valley specifically. We've had heat and it can affect people. And 
Hollywood and Los Angeles or whatever, say what you want. They're on the front lines of putting out information, movies, media, interviews, and all that sort of thing. So I'm telling you, it's hot, and when it's hot, it affects you. So I'm telling, I'm saying, like anything that's coming out of Los Angeles right now, you have to take with a grain of salt because the weather is affecting people. So I think there's something to that. I know it seems far fetched, but I'll tell you what, it's kind of it, it makes you miserable when when it's hot. If you're in, a, in an apartment and you don't have that 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 cooling, that central air cooling, which costs money, which which takes time, you know, it, somebody's got to pay for it. You need Freon. You need the vents unclogged. You need that filter to have not debris on it. So if you're in hot weather, I mean, that's why I moved out of New York City. I lived in New York City from 97 to 2000. And a lot of people say the, the winters of New York back east and all that stuff. The winters didn't get to me. It was the summer, the humidity of the summer and not having that escape. I mean, my air conditioning's okay. I have a I have a portable unit in my apartment. I need to get my central air unit looked at. That's up to me to talk to my my uh, my landlord, but I have not done that. And it can get to you. That's why I go to Starbucks. That's why I go to Coffee Bean. It's because you got to get out of the house. It's for air conditioning. I need to see air. I need to see air conditioning and feel celebrities. That's why I get out of the house. <laughs> No, actually, I don't need. I don't need to see celebrities. It's, I'm not really into that anymore. Yeah, I'm into like seeing people. Um, you know what? I have a guest here, and for me to to go and say, "Hey, I'm going to do a, a 10 minute monologue, a 20 minute monologue," which would be nice and interesting, and we enjoy the ride. But I also have a guest here, and he is somebody I know. I've been friendly with him for a couple years. He's moving uh, up in that uh, that relationship world. Somebody we see around, we're doing comedy, we're performing. I'm able to be myself. He's able to be himself. I said, come on down for the podcast. And uh, he's here today. We got coffee earlier. And I said, you know what? Let's let the coffee was the pre podcast. You've been a part of two pre podcasts. Yeah. Now you're on the podcast. You have done two pre pods, essentially. <laughs> so now you're here. And this guy. I met doing comedy. He would email. He was eager, and that's okay. I'll take eager. Eager gives me something to work with. I was eager, wasn't I? Yeah, you were eager, but that's okay. You felt the eager energy. Yeah, because you want. I mean, you wanted to do it. You were like. Uh, I mean, you were like me, probably back in the day, getting started, sending out emails. How do I do this? And I. And that's not eager's not bad. Eager's not a bad thing. You had that, and I think, uh, and we'll talk about that, actually. We'll, we, will, we will talk about that. So um, he's a comedian. You've seen him on commercials recently. You've seen him on Conan O'Brien doing stuff. I've seen his shows. We're doing more and more shows together. We did a movie together down in Florida, and uh, he's a good guy. We're learning about him. And again, I'm honest. If I feel that somebody's being eager, you want my opinion? I could say it. If somebody's being not nice, I, I'm good at helping out newer, new people to comedy, new people to the business. I'm good at like, and I'm not saying, I don't give it unless somebody is asking for it. Mm. But if I'm around somebody for 
uh, a number of times. I, I, I have a good just by being in in comedy, in stand up, in that world for over twenty years. I have a good vantage point, good some experience to share with people. So I'm a natural teacher. So we'll cover some of that today, also, ladies and gentlemen. He's has a commercial I see running right now. It's a fun one for one of the um, a local. Not even no, it's national. This is national, but. That's pretty cool. It's always nice to see friends. Ladies and gentlemen, he is originally from Detroit, Michigan. He is, uh, you're seeing his name out there. He's going for it. And I'll tell you what, he's passing my test. He's passing the Brody test. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to Mr. Paul Elia. Yes. Did I say it right? Did I say it wrong? And that's something we talked about on the pre-podcast. How would you like to pronounce your name? Uh, Aliyah works. Alaya. Paul Alaya. Paul Alaya. And I said Paul Elia. Elia. That's yeah. completely off. Yeah, yeah. But the lead up was incredible. The lead up saying that I passed the Brody test, but then I failed the Brody pronunciation. You failed. I mean, I know you as Paul. Yeah. But I have I get I get nervous with names sometimes. Yeah, me too. But do you get because Chris Delia? Do you get because Delia, Alia, it's not Delia? Or how does that work? Some people mention they're like, oh, your last name are the same letters as Chris Delia, but he has a D and an apostrophe. So uh, my parents pronounced their name back in Iraq as Elia. Elia. They would say Elia. And then they moved to America, and then they just adopted Elia. But my brother owns a law firm, and he does a lot of like, law firm commercials, so he uses the old pronunciation of Elia. See? So right now we're kind of having a pronunciation debate with my family as to what we should use. My brother just got, one of my brothers just got married and one of the guys doing the announcements uh, knew my work. So he pronounced my brother's name as Aliyah and everyone seemed to be cool with it. So Paul Aliyah. Yeah, I like Aliyah. Paul Elia. Elia, yeah. It's a tough one. I can see why Chris put the D in front of his. Yeah, I can see why he also changed his name to Chris. You know, like he, uh, originally he probably had a different name. I think it was Gustavo or something. Gustavo. Yeah, yeah, very, uh, very Greek. I think he's Greek. Dalia? I think it's. I think Dalia is Italian. Italian? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know, you said you were from Iraq. Yeah, my parents are from Iraq. Yeah. And when did they? When did they move over here? When the uh, everything was going down a few years ago? Yeah. No, they moved. Uh, so my parents are from Iraq, and they wanted to move to America, and they went to Detroit. That's the way you go. That's yeah, exactly. That's a, uh, you know, um, there's way. a direct route from Iraq to Detroit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The change of scenery is um, very minimal, but they moved here in the '80s. The '80s. The '80s. I would say mid '80s in Detroit. Detroit riots maybe happened. I know the Detroit riots happened in, in the '60s. '60s, and then and the city hasn't been the same. City hasn't been the same. No, there's still abandoned buildings from the riots. There are, yeah, downtown. Yeah. They're trying to build it up. So, okay, Deer, are you from? You said Dearborn or Detroit? Uh, Detroit, and then, uh, but it's a neighboring city right outside of Detroit called Southfield, Michigan. Heard of it? Southfield, Michigan. Is there a mall there? There is a mall. Got North, it. Northland Mall. Got it. Eight Mile and Evergreen. So, is it? Why are? Why is Detroit? Why is Michigan? Why is it? Or was it such a hotbed for Ara the Arabic community? Because of the automotive industry. Oh, really? The automotive industry made a lot of Arabs because they were looking for work because they had these huge plants and they pretty much just wanted people to do manual labor. 
So they're looking for laborers. Mm -hmm. So these people that are these immigrants that were Arabs, they knew how to do labor. So they figured, I'm going to move to America, get in some of these jobs that do labor. Let's choose Detroit. So a lot of people went into the automotive industry. And then some people started to navigate with how Detroit worked. And then they started opening up supermarkets and Uh gas stations and other convenience stores. My parents uh, owned and operated a liquor store for 20 years. Did they, so the automobile industry, that's why they came. That was the initial reason. They came for the automotive industry. People were laborers. They had some money. They looked at the land. They looked at stores. Oh, let me go in with my me and my cousin. We're going to invest together in a gas station. And that turned into helping his cousin, helping their friend. And then the, the Arabs are very much inside helping each other. They're, we're very family-oriented, and we're very generous people. Right. You know, so do, do the uh, does the Arab community get along with the African American community there in Detroit? Is there is there tension? Was there tension? Is that something? Because my guess is no. My guess is that people get along in Michigan as bad as Detroit is. If they say they say is and and that they have had their problems, but you go to Detroit, people there are very nice. There there is a. I mean, they're the best sports fans. Oh, say. yeah. D- Detroit fans. They're Next loyal. And they can't. Raiders. Next to Raider fans. I mean, Raiders yeah, are yeah. pretty out of control. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think they even know. I think Raiders now. I don't think they know so much about the team, just as opposed to what Raiders stands for. Renegade, troublemaking. <laughs> well, they're yeah. moving to Vegas. I mean, the Raiders, Raiders are, you know, it's a movement. It's more than just Oakland. It's more than just California. It's more than it's a it's a national thing. It's yeah. not as big, I say, as the Cowboys. Whereas I feel like Detroit is is not a national thing. It's uh, I mean the Red Wings they travel and they have fans all mm-hmm. over, but it, it is a state. It's pride. It's the the fans are loyal. Detroit Tiger fans are yeah. there. They they deal with the, with the weather and all that. So when you when you when you see like sometimes Arab communities get a bad rap or a te- uh, African American, and it might appear that way, you see it on TV, and then you go there or you do a little research, and you realize it's not as bad as they say it is. It's not as bad as they say it is. No, like my I, I grew up in a neighborhood that was all African Americans and Arabs. That was my neighborhood. Uh huh. And yeah, sure, I got into a lot of fights. You did. Yeah, I got in a lot of fights growing up as a kid. And I think I would have gotten to those fights, but there were disputes that were not because I look the way I look. It was disputes because I was riding a bike. Some kid wanted my bike. Oh. So we would get into a fight over things. Your bike. Yeah, over my bike. And I've gotten fights over, we're playing basketball, and someone fouled me too hard. You're like Bill Lane Beer. You'll fight back. Yeah, I, I, I fight. I bite. If I need a bite. I got in a lot of fights as a kid, Brody. Who are you fighting? Were you fighting black kids, Arabic kids? Uh, both kids. Black kids. White, white kids. Yeah, Jewish white kids. kids. Yeah, I was. I didn't discriminate. I had a pretty good fighting record, too. Because you, did you have a temper? Were you, were you, were you, was it a pride thing? Was it because you, you're, 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 you had brothers? Did they raise you to be tough? Well, I was more or less very intimidated at first. I would get into fights, and I would just be on the defense. And I didn't know what to do, so I might throw a kick here and there, but I was too afraid to swing a punch at someone. And as a result, I would get beat up. Arabs like to kick. Arabs like is to that kick. Race, is that wrong to say? <laughs> <That's> like, <yeah. laughs> we like to do the spinning back kick, and um, and I missed every time with the kicks. I, I would land a couple of times when I go for the shins, 
because in street fights in Detroit, it's all upper body swinging, no type of coordination. Yeah, they've never seen a jab. Right. They've only it's only hooks and haymakers. So you were raised in a, was it a tough school, a tough neighborhood? Was it public school, private school? Was this like in the playgrounds? Well, this was in, in my neighborhood. This was also in the playgrounds. I went to a Catholic. My, my parents wanted me to go to Catholic school. So they did. Yeah. So I went to Catholic school and we all had to wear uniforms and it was private institution. My mom, my mom was too afraid of public school. She thought it was going to mess up our futures. Were the public schools bad where you were supposed to go in a, in a rough neighborhood? They or? were about the same. They are about the same. The only <laughs> difference is that there's a class where you read the Bible. So let me ask a question. You are, your family's from Iraq. Mm -hmm. Is now, you don't, you can refuse to answer. What about religion? Did you practice a certain religion? I did. Was that, what's the religion? Is uh, it is it Muslim Islam? No, it's a it's Catholicism. Oh, you practice Catholicism? Yeah, but I mean, I have my own ideas now. As I get a little older, I feel like there are certain problems that I have and issues that I have with certain things. Of course. Yeah, it, naturally, as you you know, like it's in been, the news. Yeah, it's in the news, and um, also I I respect I have a deep respect for Islam and what it stands for, and I do feel like there's a lot of, um, uh, I feel like there's a Islamophobia. There that, is. Yeah, there is a little Islamophobia, bit. And I feel like Islam does also have a lot of valid points about how to live a better life, a pious life, and to be generous to people. So on those details, I say, yes, I agree. Also in Buddhism, Buddhism has some very strong platitudes as well. And I don't say, oh, because I'm this religion, that means I discredit all this, which is essentially what I feel like sometimes a Catholic faith uh, does in some respects that says this is right. You have to believe in this, and if you don't, you're wrong. And I don't like the you're wrong thing. Well, right now, everybody is kind of uh, not I'm turning their back on Catholicism. That with, with yeah, What's going on? Ireland, yeah. That was with what's going on about with the priests in, in Ireland and then in Pennsylvania. They found 300 priests who had uh, over 1,000 kids, and then you had... It's just known. I'm not saying anything that isn't, uh, isn't yeah, being said facts. in the news recently yeah. about the, the Catholic Church. So you were raised Catholic. Raised okay, Catholic, I could yeah, see correct, that. Yeah. Now, with... And then there is... I guess there's... Now, Islam, I think people go off and they look at the Shira law. There's an issue... I don't want to get completely fully political but you're saying that yeah, yeah. people are a little fearful or they think twice i mean there's a lot of that stuff going on in minnesota with all these elections and and uh certain religious members i think the sheer law scares some people yes and that is where i got the, the genital mutilation and some of that stuff that's kind of scary to some people yeah i'm i'm, I'm very scared of uh you said gender mutilation? Genital mutilation. Genital, yeah. I don't want Sacrificing anyone... of animals. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want my genitals to be in jeopardy for any reason. So um, I, yeah. can see, I can see that fear for right. sure. Um, it's very like Handmaid's Tale-ish. You know? And, and that's, I've been watching Handmaid's Tale. It's such an interesting depiction of religion. Yeah. Because they're... I don't know if you've seen the show. I know of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They Religion is a huge uh, motif in the show, but... I think all these religions are just, I don't know, it's, uh, it's causes a lot of the problems, you know, drugs and religion. And I, I guess I come from, um, you know, I was just raised on America. 
Yeah. You know, I was raised on In God We Trust on the money. I was raised on God Bless America. Mm. I was raised on Judeo-Christian values, I suppose, or upbringing. That's me. So when people say, Brody, what are you? This is what I am. Now, America is open to everybody. Yeah, We're open to everybody. I think we're getting into problems these days with, you know, controversy and all that is that some people, they're not appreciating certain, I mean, again, there's problems with America, but they're not appreciating what, what got, what got us to this point. Yes, we had problems. Yes, there was slavery. Yes, there was, uh, you know, the women's choice. I'm not going to get into all that stuff, but because I feel like a lot of this stuff has been hijacked and, um, you know, America has its flaws, but I feel like you you come here, you say you got, you have to respect the flag. I feel you have, and then we're getting away from that. I feel like people are, and that's where we're having some problems. Like you want to come here, and I feel like we have to unite. What what are people uniting on? You know, it's not we can, are we uniting on sports teams? Are we uniting on video games? We need to unite as a country on something. Yeah, and I don't know, and I know the flag is in the news. I know Nike is in the news. I know that Islamophobia is in the news. I know yeah. all this stuff is in the news. So I'm not saying anything that people aren't talking about. I feel that me personally, Brody, I the way I I'm regimented. I follow the flag. I'm a citizen of the United States of America. I follow that. I'm here. I respect the values. I feel like sometimes people may not be doing that, questioning that, and it's causing some problems. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the solutions are. Yeah, I think right now we're all trying to figure out the solution. I think right now we see the problems on the whiteboard. We see that that's racist. You can, that's reverse racism. Oh yeah, on you the on the on the cockboard. Can I say cock like the chalk the, cock cockboard? <laughs> cock, yeah, yeah. How yeah. about chalkboard? That that's, okay. Because then you can you can erase it, and uh, I guess on the whiteboard you can also if you have a. Uh, um, proper, but Paul, you're you come from an Arabic Arabic background. I yeah. come from a Jewish background. We're getting along. We, we're getting we along. are. We're finding. We're sitting on two different sides of the table. But yeah, there uh, you go. But we're finding that common denominator. Yeah, you know, you can work together. Comedians do work. Comedian. That's why comedy is such a great thing. There's so many different cultures of people getting along over something that's a common commonality yeah. and, and you know what i do brody i i will never judge you because of what you believe in or way the way you look Jeez. or the way you value certain things i don't judge anyone on those things what i like to judge really? i because i i feel like I, I i had a roommate that was an atheist he doesn't believe in anything okay so according to certain calculations, like based on my religious disposition or uh -huh. religious beliefs, that I shouldn't befriend or it, it, I, would sh I should try to convert him. They right. would say, you should convert a non-believer. In Islam, they would say, if you convert someone to Islam, mm -hmm. you go to heaven. It's a very uh, respectable thing to do. And I don't think there's anything wrong with preaching your beliefs and your religion and your heart to others, but also you should be okay with if people don't want to buy it. Yeah. And I feel like with my roommate, he was an atheist, and I never preached the re religion on him. Okay. And he was such a good person, and I feel like if I would have 
hold on to those details about things that he believed in, I would have never have had that strong bond with him. So what I learned to do is that people kind of, I, I judge people based on the most important qualities, which is energy, their ability to dress well, dress well, their ability to wear uh, t-shirts properly and yep. have a good white watch. Yeah, good. and um, a G-Shock. Good, a G-Shock watch. That's waterproof. Safe, and they're safe. The, these things will last forever. Wow, you can hit, is, have you seen those commercials where they hit things with hammers and they say, see, it won't break, and then they hit it with a hammer? Yeah, because you know why? Because they have a screen protector on But who's hitting trick. things with hammers? Um, people who just destroy uh, art. <laughs> I mean, they destroyed, you know, with the Trump star. They've knocked down statues. I mean, hammers are... Yeah, you know, there should be a Trump star that says, now you can have this thing to protect your star. And even a hammer would break it. Like, Yeah, I'm not into... Uh, yeah, breaking things. And I just don't know where this anger comes. I mean, people are just angry. It's, but here's the deal. The media, I don't want to sound like, you, you know, you, you, you get off Twitter, you get off the news, mm -hmm. you get out there in society, and it's not as bad as they make it out to be. It's what I what I. Oh, yeah. See. I mean, they're shining a light on, the, like, you know, my friend told me this interesting statement. He said, whatever you focus on expands. So Twitter is focusing a lot on negative shit, and that seems to expand, and that's what people focus on only. There's other positive things in the world, but right now we're focusing a lot of our attention on the negative stuff. But people, yeah, and negative, it leads just to more negativity. Yeah, misery just, loves company. Yeah, and it's just common sense. And I, that's where I, I get into the power of like being positive that these are like Christian beliefs. Uh, some of it like Norman Vincent Peale and people would call me crazy. And I would say it's, I, it just, I enjoy it. I see results and comedically it's fun. It's different. And it just playing sports and doing audience warm up. Those that's where that comes from. And I feel physically pretty good, and it's just I was always about being up, picking people up. Do you notice when people have energy, where whether it's negative, do you see that they have like a energy where they're just down, and then you notice that, and then you see Oops. their energy just get elevated with like... It's just coaching. Everything I do, you know, with comedy or it's from baseball, it's from, it's from pushing it. People are afraid to push it. And I, I go on stage at night. I see these crowds. They want it. They mm. want to be shaken up and pushed. Kids want to be coached, but people are afraid to coach. People are afraid to say anything because somebody's going to get offended. Oh, it doesn't look right. And it, it just, it, 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 it's not, it's not, it doesn't make for a strong foundation you have to be a coach you have to be a teacher you have to correct people and you know what it's not always it, you'll, they'll thank you in the long run things get done when yeah. when people are like following when you know you have a leader and and, it, and i'm saying like winning will allow you to do more stuff it's going to create the 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 parameters for you to have fun you know, it's also having fun. You could follow rules. You know, have fun with stuff. Sense of humor's good. Yeah, yeah. But I just know that doing comedy, you get the audiences are in there, and it's not as bad as you think it is. 
you would just think audiences are, you know, you look at, you're on Twitter, you watch the news, and then you go out in real life and they go, people do get along. You know, people at a, were innately good people. I don't care how much brainwashing and how much negative energy, we're still humans with a heart and we're breathing and we're on this earth. And I feel like those people, I'm not going to say could be saved, but there's a way to do it. Yeah. And it's... Um, it's a responsibility to, to be positive. Yeah, but everyone's miserable right yeah, now. If you, miserable, and, yeah. and they say they're miserable. So why don't you change? Try something different because what you're doing is not working. It's like insanity. You keep doing the same thing and you're expecting a different result. You're not going to get it. The crying, the whining, the poking, the making a big deal, it yeah. ain't doing it. So you have to get back to, I feel... You know, the family structure, you know, and, and it's, you can't, I'm saying people do get divorced, people make mistakes, families go through certain things, but there is something to say about having male, a father and a mother and a, yeah. some male energy in your life and some female energy. You got to have all this, all these different things and we're missing out on some of that. I was at a comedy club and I was with a couple comics and I walked in on the conversation I wasn't involved in the beginning. Right. So one comic was telling a story about how this booker wronged him. Negative energy. And he said, this booker did this to me. And the other guy was listening. And then he, right when he was done with his story, he shared a similar story saying, he also wronged me. Here's how he did that. And I'm like, this is just a conversation about poison. Whether this guy wronged you, whether you feel wronged, and they're bonding over feeling wronged. Yeah. I'm like, why don't you guys bond and throw that bullshit away and say, hey, here's something that I love and let bond over that. But people are finding ways to bond over their misery and their problems and negativity. And negativity is also like a magnet that it can find its part and it can bond. At the end of the day, we're all trying to bond. We're all trying to connect. I'm trying to connect with you. You're trying to connect with me. We're all, and as human beings, we're all trying to connect. And how we connect is very important, where some people can connect on the negative, and it's a sense of comfort, but it's it's not the solution. Yeah, and the track record speaks for itself. You, it doesn't lead to, it, yeah. it's, it doesn't work out. You have to listen to your elders sometimes. You go, look, I've been down this road. Doesn't work. Try this. And doing it that way, doesn't. There's not a, it's not a guaranteed success either. Yeah, I was, uh, um, this very, very brief story, but my brother got married this last weekend. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, he got married. He's the first one to get married, and it rained really hard on his wedding day. That's a sign. That's a sign. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard it's a, it's a great sign, but it was definitely a sign of frustration on my brother's end. I, I pretty much had to like get him into a limo because it was raining. He was frustrated? Very frustrated. But it's the rain. You have no control over the weather. And he had no control of that. So his frustration started to magnify. Bad. And I was just, and I'm not, I don't live in Detroit anymore. Mm -hmm. So I was able to see everyone else kind of just feel this energy, especially my older brother. Yeah. And my older brother started yelling at my brother that's getting married like my brother's naturally frustrated he's frustrated because the weather because the weather yeah but okay. his frustration was crazy and he just needed to get it out and i was like okay get it out i get it you're getting married you're 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 concerned and my other brother was like cussing back at him okay like and then i was just trying to be the man in the middle saying hey let's just all agree that this is just a rain delay i was like you to my older brother i was like stop 
uh, creating more of an issue. And then my brother said a comment back to me that was very... Was it in Arabic? No, not Arabic, okay. in English. He said something like he... He, he said something very uncalled for, and it just immediately affected me. And it was something about me deciding to drop out of law school. And, I figured uh, that's what it was. Yeah, so, and it was just such an unnecessary thing to bring up because his whole intention of that was to hurt me, right? Right. And there are some people that make those comments. So what I did was I had this urge and this dying desire to tell my brother and tell everyone else, like, I can't believe he just said that. Don't you agree? And like just to get some feedback about what was said. Right. And then it took a lot of strength, Brody, to just bury it and let it go and say, this is not the place for this. Correct. Whatever he said, it, it, it was said. I took this. I, 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 I He's emotional. It. He's in Detroit. He's emotional. He's in Detroit. And I let it go. And I didn't talk about it for the rest of the night. Uh-huh. And it made my night that much better. You but, forgot about it. But I had this desire to, to want to bring people, not to all, not to hit him. I don't think I'd ever physically hit my brother. But Have I, you? Did you ever get in fist fights oh, with yeah, your brother? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got in fist fights oh, with him okay, all the time. Okay. Yeah, we used to fight all the time. Okay. Yeah, and I, I'm a dirty fighter. You are? Yeah, I'm a dirty fighter. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're admitting that? I admit that I what fight. What do you think? What do you think? Is that is that a good thing? Is that kind of like that's not... Well, I feel like when you're out fighting in the street... Uh, I think one skill that would help everyone is the skill of knowing that this is a street fight and there are no rules. Okay. So if I need to, my whole purpose is to defend myself so I can, well, now so I can exit. I don't want to beat anyone up. But a street fight, would it be fighting dirty? Would it be like the guy puts his head down to check his text message and you hit him over the head? Is that, oh. is that, <laughs> that's uh, th that's diabolical. Like, all right. So dirty, meaning that I would, cause dirty, you know, it's, I'm thinking that's yeah. Negative stuff. Cheap, yeah. Like I would, cheap shot. I would, I would punch someone in the nuts. I would. Okay. Okay. At least you're admitting that. I would punch someone in the nuts. In a street fight. In a street fight. Protecting your life. And I would stomp on someone's foot. And I would punch someone in the throat. So what about stomp on somebody's head? No, I don't think I'd ever want to kill anyone. Yeah, because I'm too afraid of the damages that that could do. Okay, so you'd kick somebody in the nuts. i kick somebody in the nuts, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. That's about it. I would never, I don't think I would bite because I'm too afraid of biting someone than getting a disease. But you're, so you would say you're a dirt, you'll, you'll go rogue. I might go rogue, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you didn't do it with your brother. You let it go and... It was the best... Just, best decision. Yeah, because I realized that I was getting into the territory of the people in that room, the comedians, talking about that booker. Yeah. And I didn't want to be in that. I don't want to live in that world anymore. It doesn't... It's not... It doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for Arizona State baseball. It doesn't work for Major League Baseball winning teams. I look at baseball, America's pastime. It deals with numbers. It deals with life. It deals with weather at times it deals with different cultures baseball rewards the baseball gods above reward certain types of behavior mannerisms thought processes that's the way it goes i was taught that and um i always think to myself i'll be around people and I go that wouldn't last in a baseball dugout that it wouldn't last on a baseball team and i'm i that's where I'm raised. And I took that into comedy. I took that into audience warm-up. I took that into acting. I'm not saying I was able to buy a house and a, a child and a girlfriend and a Prius. Buy a child. But I've been able to take that basic <laughs> fundamentals of being on a team, NCAA Division I baseball, a successful program, 
And I, I'm lucky. The reason why I talk about it is because I, I was around right before the internet, right before the information really started getting out there for people to use and maybe abuse it. I don't know. But I'm from that old school world. And I've, I applied it to, uh, you know, I think just to like uh, everyday stuff. But it's at a certain point, it's like, I, I don't know what more I can do. I just hopefully, because I, I think that when you're negative, like a ne- you're a complainer, that's just not a sustainable lifestyle. Yeah. I don't think you're going to build on that of yeah. being like negative, negative, negative. You may, and then it will all collapse or people are going to be unhappy around it. Yeah. I've seen some very successful people, like these people that I've done shows with. Like I heard them in the green room and all they do is complain. They're complaining about one thing and then they it leads to a complaint about another thing. And then it's just, I don't think the complainers are aware that they're speaking complaining language. Mm-hmm. I think they think they're just talking. And then when you point it out, they get very defensive. And they complain. Now they complain about you. They're saying, oh, this guy tried to say I was complaining. Yeah. I'm like, you're complaining about him now. When you're when you're in charge of something, you can complain. I had when I had my show on Comedy Central, I was I would come I go, I know I'm complaining, doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Right. So there is I'm complaining for the benefit of everybody. I I, I I I you just not complaining. You can't let I'm just, I'm just going to be stronger than that. I'm just, it's just, I've just, when I just read, they're just, you know, being positive, looking for the good in people. Mm -hmm. I've always been like an uplifter. You know, I've been, people say like, Brody, you're friends with that guy? He's a jerk. I go, I don't know. Nice to me. You know, because I I focus on the 30% night. Maybe he's a 70% jerk. I see the 30% niceness. Yeah, yeah. Then maybe maybe I'm a weasel. Maybe I'm a snake. Maybe I'm weak. Maybe I should like go. I'm not going to work with that guy. Right. But I kind of take the high road. Maybe that's why the comedy store back in the day they would say it's such an evil place. It's so dark. What's going on there? I kind of like rose above it. Rode above it. Not rose above it. Rode above it. Roding. I just never got involved in that negativity there because I came from a baseball background. Mm. I was working positive energy warm-up. Then you go to the comedy store, and it's all about, oh, this place is dark, and the comedians are mean, and nobody goes there. I just stayed positive, stayed stayed, stayed the course, trusted my instincts. Like, I, I had a comic once. Uh, I was at the comedy store, uh-huh. and this comic came up to me, and the first thing he said was, he goes, dude, the lineups are the same every night. And I, I just, guys I had, are saying that. And I listened to him, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a, that's a valid point. And then he's just going on and on and on and on about how he feels this place needs to be ran, how things need to be done. Let me and ask: Is this way? Is this a guy who's a, a past comedian at the comedy store? This was a past comedian. At the he's comedy a store. he's a working. He's at the comedy. He's a work. He's on. He's he calls in for his spots. Yeah, but he he was he was telling me he's not getting enough. Gotcha. And I was just like, why do you need to tell me that you're not getting enough? So like I, I feel like there's certain details you keep to yourself and you try and navigate through and work through. And, well, uh, how close? Uh, not how? very close at all. Not very close. We don't have a very tight uh, relationship. And then I was kind of thinking, like, is that considered like a complainer, or is that considered like, hey, let me vent to you about these things that I'm frustrated with? Like, well, I think he's venting to you, maybe because he felt comfortable with you, which right, is a right. positive. Yeah, yeah. And maybe you guys do other shows together. And then he's venting because 
guys do feel that way. They will see lineups and they go, they could spread these things out a little bit. There is that. There is talk. I mean, any club is going to say you can kind of mix them up a little bit. So. You're saying you didn't – You didn't. is that because you're not passed there? You go, this guy's passed and he's doing that. I'm not passed. Now he's complaining to me. Was there a little bit of that? I felt like it just uh, It just seemed like um, – I feel like uh, – I don't know how – I feel like it's good to discuss certain details about things, and I think it's healthy to do that. I feel like uh, it was just, you know, it just seemed like a very – it was leading to a very negative conversation, which then it then led to about – you know his his own frustrations about certain things and about other clubs frustrations about that and right, other right. frustrations about how the business works and i feel like a lot of people share the frustrations about the movie business and not just about the comedy store just about uh-huh, any uh-huh. just the show business as general and there's a lot of frustration about it and i feel like i hear a lot of talk about the frustration about it and a lot of people are frustrated and i'm just trying to learn to just not not magnify that anymore. I try not to talk about my own frustrations with okay. the business to my friends. Uh, you're probably, you know, I I could see that you're probably, that's a good idea. I'm just saying like, when you're, let's say the, com- I'm past the comedy store. So I could see two comedians from the comedy store saying like, oh, the lineups, I get one spot a week. I get two spots a week. I wish that, I mean, that's a common conversation. Yeah, with, with I anywhere. guarantee yeah. you. That's a common. Even with basketball, they're like, hey, how come I'm not getting more playing time? Right. So that's common. Um, you know, so I think that's just kind of like talking. It, and it's like, I, I see and I go, yeah. And then you, and you'll say, I'm lucky I get my two spots. Right, right, you know, right. I, w- I got it. Could be worse. I could have one spot. I could have no spots. Copy that. And yeah. then you have to go, well, you know what? I got to hustle and do my own thing. Or I got to try and get on more shows. Or then they go. That's just the way it is. I'm not going to be able to compete with like a big time TV guy who's going to, you know, bring in, sell tickets with his name, or her name. So I get that. I kind of made. I maximize what I'm given. Like I was given that last spot in the main room. I go up at the end. You could either just go through the motions on that. You can do a regular set. Maybe do a little little extra because you're you're at the end. You can do a few more minutes. I took it and just maximized that spot. So I, I'm, I think I'm a master of taking something that's t- a breadcrumb and take. I'm going to make this breadcrumb as funny as I can. Yeah. Well, Brody, why don't you take here? We got a whole loaf and everything for you. No, I'm going to take. I'm going to focus on this little breadcrumb. Well, no, we got. We have sourdough bread. We have wheat bread. We have multigrain. We have bagels. I go. No, they gave me the breadcrumb. I'm going to just focus on that and play. And then that's just kind of how I am. And and um, but you know what? Sometimes it is nice to have more options. Like you, 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 it is better. Sometimes things are just better. There are better ways. Like going up early in the show is better. It is easier. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, if you're getting prime time, you get a prime time spot, and the crowds are there to laugh. It's like, wow, I could, I could really enjoy this. But then you go on super late. It's hard, but that's what you're used to, and sometimes that's kind of what you want. And but it's grinding it out. You get to a point like where you you do want to get those good spots so it's 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 competitive it's uh you can overthink it you can overdo it i just try to be funny i've always just tried to be funny whether it's warm-up whether it's closing whether it's going up early late inside outside daytime nighttime be the funniest i can be which is good to a point 
You yeah, know? which is what I always liked about you, Brody. I think the first time I was at the Laugh Factory, I saw you go up, and uh, I was doing comedy for like two years. And uh, I'd like to just uh, call back on the eagerness about uh, when I when I first when I fir- when we first met was that you just went on stage and you just didn't. I was like, this guy is doing and saying exactly what's on his mind. Correct. You would say a joke, you put the mic down, and you're like, you guys, what is that? And then you start going into the audience and started doing that, uh, which Sarah Silverman said, and that uh, in your first show, Enjoyed on HBO Go, she said, Bro- there's the Brody Stevens stand-up, and then that's when the Brody starts talking, going into the audience. Yeah, yeah. It's like version one, version two. There you go. And they're saying version two and version one are like what makes this yin and yang beast yep. a comedian. Mm-hmm. So I, that was the first time I really saw someone do that. And I was just like, oh my God, this guy's saying what's on his mind. Yeah, I mean, a lot. In but, the moment. Yeah. You're so in the moment. I was like, this is. But that came from training. That yeah. came from doing thousands of audience warm-ups. You know, and that would be another thing. I'd be doing audience warm up all day, you know, a couple, three hours. And then you go do stand up at night, you're doing a 15 minute set. It's like, I just did three hours with the crowd who liked me, bringing up people, doing jokes too. Now I come here and you guys don't like me. I'm not playing that game. So I was able to, I would, I would do that. I would always like, the audience is being judgmental. It's like, I'm a good guy. Where yeah. I'm not going to deal with you like giving me negative energy. So, Sometimes that would happen at the comedy store, but you have to also make that choice. You go, okay, they don't know me. I'm going to give them a couple jokes. Like, you establish. That's You learn. You know, do you want to go on stage and get mad every night for real, or do you want to get, like, fake mad-ish? Like, write your jokes for the madness also. Like, yeah, a version of mad where you can also be mad and be funny. Yeah, you don't want to go into mad. that real red zone. When I go into the red zone, like being angry and your heart rate's up, and that could be... be coffee or caffeine or what have you not eating enough you don't want to go there you want to like kind of inch towards it a little bit pushing it so i think for me that would come from just you have to i have to i I just won over a crowd crowds like it's like you got to win them over because i'm different maybe they don't know me from things i'm not famous so you got to hit them with some jokes you got to let them like i would do that at the comedy store so you you go up there you joke around. They're not into it. Okay, let me do some jokes. Boom, ding, boom, doom, boom, boom. Got it. See, I can do jokes. Now let me be me. Mm. Let's go someplace. And we're going to have to go there. If you're going to like me then, you got to try and like me now. So that's how we grow. And But then some people will go, you know, they don't have to go for that. They may want to just their basic jokes. I don't know. It's like comedy is so... You just got to know where you're at. Like, I mean, if I'm opening for David Spade, I'm not going to do that crazy stuff. If I'm doing a main room right, you know, primetime spot right there, I'm going to give them the hits. But if I'm going on late or I'm, you know, I'm going to play around a little bit. So it's just, I, I tell comedians, you know, they ask for advice. It's it's stage time and jokes. It's stage time. Getting up on stage, whether it's podcasting, audience warm-up, selling T-shirts, barking for a comedy club. It's talking, 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 yeah. reading energy, doing your jokes. Yeah, you want to hammer out your jokes and all that, but there's really no secrets because guys will, like, you know, email me, Brody, I'm doing this, I'm doing You got to just get on stage. Like when you, when you did Conan... And you uh, you were documenting all that for the HBO yeah. Go uh, series. When you said, uh, I hear laughs over here, 
why don't you join in over here? Was that all off or did you know like I've said that before. Yeah, yeah. But my yeah. Conan set was I mean they I had jokes, like I had my set list, but I also still played around and all that. And yeah. you let them know, like, listen, I'm a I'm a comic where I have these jokes, but also you're gonna need to let me do that second part of Brody as um Yeah. They let me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I had I didn't have to get my set okayed or anything for the Conan was I did it, sometimes they'll tape after, it was an audience, they did a regular show, and then they said, then I came out and I taped it after the show. So I had a regular audience, Conan brought me out, this is a, and then they used it on, because there wasn't, a, there was a chance they weren't going to use it. Yeah, they do that sometimes. Because yeah, the set was just a standalone stand-up set. So I had my own cameras there, I had my mom there, yeah. I had some friends there. And I'd never done Conan before. I'd never really been there. That was your late night. That wasn't your late night debut, was no, it? No, I did. I did the Craig Kilborn show yeah, late, yeah. late. That was like with the Colbert. I mean, James Corden, what he is now. I did mm -hmm. that three times. I did. Uh, yeah, I did the Conan, and it was like, honestly, I'm not saying it was easy, but when I have to do it, I can do it. Like I, I can do it. I can step up to the plate and knock it out. Like it's like pitching some big games. I've done some games like where I was really throwing the ball free and in the zone. So, excuse me. Same thing with like acting, being in the hangover. I'm not saying I knew my lines perfectly. I'm not saying in due date I knew my lines or even in Hangover 3, these movies. Of course I got nervous or whatever and I could have probably practiced even a little bit more. But when you're there, you're there. It's like I'm there and I didn't like second guess myself. Oh my God, what am I doing here? I'm in a scene with... So I, I, I didn't do that. You just go and do it. It's like when I perform at the comedy store, sometimes guys will get nervous. Like, ooh, so-and-so's in the crowd or maybe a uh, director's here. It's like, I like it. And you, I, you hear this noise of people saying these things. Yeah, or you'll just hear people say they get nervous sometimes maybe if uh, a big comedian's in the crowd or maybe a famous actor or like a director. Sometimes right, right, just, right. they'll get it, nervous. It feels like an audition. Yeah, I push. I like it when sometimes comedians are in there watching, checking it out. Like I can see them in the back or knowing like certain rooms I've done and, and the, the cool comedians are watching. I'll step up. So I, yeah. I, I, I can do that. So I know I have that gear I can shift into. Whereas people might get nervous, I don't. For some reason, I, I turn it up a notch. Not trying to show off, but I, I, I can able like to get them yeah. not have it uh, affect my act in a negative way. Like be too self-conscious. I'm pushing. Because I know they like it. I know they like it. I, in fact, I'll give extra I did the Chicago Cubs. Uh, I did a Anthony Rizzo, their first baseman for the Cubs. He had a benefit in Chicago preseason thing a few years ago. I got asked to do it. He saw me in another show. And Joe Madden, who is the manager of the Cubs right now, I knew he would be there. So my goal was to get in with Joe Madden. I knew if I did well, if he saw the stand-up, it would be good. So I made sure I threw in a lot of baseball references. I know baseball. I know this. So I knew, and I played. I'll play to the back of the room on certain gigs. Yeah. And that got me in. Like If I can do comedy, if somebody sees me doing comedy – I feel good. Like they, they seen me really throwing it out there. It's like, if I can impress them as a comedian, yeah. like it breaks the ice for me. It's like, Oh, you saw me do comedy. Whereas like, if they knew me, like they met me like a baseball guy, met me through another baseball player or a friend or whatever. But when they see you do comedy and they're seeing me, I'm really myself, you know, like after a set, like if a, a baseball player was in there, I'm just totally 
relaxed mm. after that point. Like uh, if they see me do my standup and I do well, because that's who, that's the essence of, of who I am. You saw the essence of Brody. Wow. And you're here to talk to me after. And I feel like I have some bonds with some baseball players because they saw me doing standup. You know, that's the thing. Like a lot of people say, Brody, I, I can't, you're, I can't see you doing comedy. Like if you didn't know me, you wouldn't think I was a comedian. If you didn't know me, you would think I was like a serious guy. So yeah. I, I feel like I, I, I've heard that over the years. Personal trainer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if I get a baseball player saw me do comedy live, I, I, I kind of, I'm not saying get off on that, but that's like a, a, a cool thing for me. Do you get nervous like when certain people are in the audience? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes when I'm showcasing, there's just this filter in your mind that reminds you that you're showcasing. And then you say, cool, now let me push my best stuff to the front. There's been times where I was going to go on stage just to, I guess, mess around and have a good time and try new things. Yeah. And then someone said, oh, there's so-and-so in the audience. And then I would, like, switch everything around. And I would perform for the purposes of showcasing. But I feel like when I'm showcasing, you're showcasing for me. I'm not showcasing for you. You don't know the Cubs. You yeah. can't walk into the comedy store. You, you can't walk on a Major League Baseball field. People want to do that. You may not want to, but a lot of people want to. You can't walk in the hang out at the comedy store like I can. So you're showcasing for me. Maybe I don't want to work with you. I mean, that's a. Ne- I mean, I'm sounding kind of negative. No, but, but it's full. You have your full. No, it, I. I think that's so true. So that philosophy, which is something that I think it's. Uh, it takes time. You got to practice that just off the stage in life in other ways. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm on a date with a girl and it doesn't go well, I say, "Hey, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Our energies didn't vibe." And that happens on to the next. Like, oh, but let hey. me still try and kiss you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, hey, where, where, where are you going? Yeah, you yeah. Know, do you, come uh, here. Yeah, yeah, come here. Come here, sweetheart. <laughs> no, no. no. Is, is that the, the game? Yeah, come here, sweetheart. Did you, did you say sweetheart and darling or? No. Yeah, you don't do like none of those like baby cakes? Baby. Bae? People say bay. I'm, I'm up and down with like dating or even, uh, I think uh, LA is so, it's so different out here. Just like I think California is different. I think meeting people here is is hard to do. I really do. And I, I think especially today with uh, the climate of this city, this town, I think it's hard to meet people. Yeah. To meet quality people. They're out there, but it's hard. And I would um, – I don't know. It's just uh, is that something – do I think like would it be easier to live like in Phoenix or Denver? Like there are more regular. I guess there are more regular people out there. Yeah, there's a lot more regular people. Like when I go to Detroit to visit, I just see a bunch of Chaldean, which is my uh, ethnicity. Uh huh. I see a lot of Chaldean women, and I Jason see Jason Chaldean. He's a good singer. J- is Jason Chaldean is that his real name? No, Jason Aldean. Is oh, Jason Aldean. Yeah, is he a- Chaldean? I don't know. Al- is Aldean Jason Aldean Chaldean? Are you are, are you Chaldean, Brody? If no, you are. I- I'm you sure. I'm uh, Jewish, b- born Jewish, raised Gemini. <laughs> I think I'm Sephardic Jew. I don't even know. Did you do a 23 in me? Or would you ever do a 23 in me? No, what is that? That's something to do with Michael Jordan? <laughs> 23 in me is a, uh, um, I guess you send your saliva. Oh, the uh, DNA The stuff? DNA test. You send the saliva. It. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm afraid they might take your saliva and then try and make other clones, Brody Stevens clones, which is what some people say they may be doing. They're saying that? 
people are saying they're taking saliva of other people and they're using it. And, oh, really? Yeah. So the thing is, whether they use it, if it's, I mean, people would be finding saliva either way. I mean, people are leaving DNA constantly around the world. Yeah. I mean, it's more convenient to send them. Here you go. It's nicely prepackaged. Right. A little DNA swab. I would like to do the DNA to see. I've been saying that I just need to take action on it because it would just be kind of cool, verify some things, be yeah. interesting. And I know my sister has done it. I think my mom did it. So I should do it just for the heck of it. Why not? Um, yeah. I think that, um, how do we get the DNA talk? We were talking about DNA. Oh, we were talking about uh, being Chaldean. And yeah. then I said, oh, yes. Yeah, so, 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 so the girls, yeah, they seem very happy with their, um, and I see friends that I grew up with. And whenever I go back, they know I'm in entertainment. And they're doing their own thing, whether doctors or lawyers, mm -hmm. and they're constantly just like, you know, they're like, man, I wish I, uh, I could have, because they see that I'm following my passion, you know, and then a lot of them are second guessing their passion, and yeah, I, th I think there's a lot of that that happens in those smaller towns. Of, now, let me ask, yes, why do you think you're able to follow your passion? You're booking things, right? You've done yeah. some stuff on Conan. You have a, yeah. a couple commercials out. You've done uh, some movies. The Ray Schremer thing. The yeah. Ray Schremer thing. What do you think? What do you? Uh, what is that? A test? Is that the word? What? What do you? What is that? Uh, where's this coming from? Is this from an energy? Is it from hard work? Is it from belief? Is it from luck? Is it from what do you? What do you? Are you on a roll? Would you say you're on a roll? Would you say you're booking things? Would you think? What would you describe? Uh, I would say it's all those things. Okay. I would say there's been there's been times where I I would uh, go into auditions. And I've been down to the wire. I was just down to the wire on a, another project that could have been. The Wire? Yeah, The Wire. Yeah, I read for The Wire, the, the Detroit the wire. version. Yeah, I was going to play a, a narcotics detective. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was, there's been so many um, opportunities that I've had where I have been very close to having game changer uh -huh. jobs. Like the Ray Schremer thing was a cool job. Right. If it would have been advertised as they would have said it would have been then it would have been a complete game changer because they would have went to series uh -huh. and been a 10 episode documentary series about me following people mm -hmm. and it would have been really cool for me so there's been a lot of those things that i've done and uh i feel like a lot of it is just um i feel like i'm prepared it's prep you're preparing you're when, when i show up to auditions brody i'm prepared i know all my lines I walk in with a system. When I'm on stage, I try to be as prepared as I can. When I'm so I try you don't to, wing it. I try not to wing certain things. Mm -hmm. I think you get so good at something to where you can wing it and still be okay. Mm -hmm. But me, there's still a level of prep, and I think that's the next level. The next level is being able to be so good, like LeBron. LeBron makes basketball look very simple. Right. People say he makes it look easy, and yes, he makes it look easy. He makes it look simple. It's like oh, he's, he's so big and athletic. He's so big and athletic, and that comes from just prep and practice. Now How are his free throws though? Free throws, I think, are pretty decent. Was he seventy percent? I would say he's probably like a seventy, eighty. I think he's like seventy percent. Seventy percent, yeah. Let me see LeBron James free throw. Percentage. I think he's pretty good. Because with free throws, that takes practice. That takes a lot of practice. Yeah. And I mean, eventually, you just the ball never changes weight. The ball is always going to be the same weight, right? The rim is always going to be the same diameter. The wind is always going to be the same. 
That's no. why that's why baseball is unique. So many different uh, yeah, baseball so many variables. Yeah, the weather, the even even the, I mean, how tight your pants are. If you tied your pants too tight, you're running. All of a sudden, you miss a second of a stride. Mm-hmm. Like baseball is definitely a game of timing, seconds, inches. You have to predict. It's a like, game of inches. Yeah, game of inches. Let's see. Oh, not bad. Seventy three percent career. Seventy three percent. What about this season? Let me see his free throw percentage. Maybe it's getting better. I think it is, and I did. I took a shot at him. I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, LeBron. Free throw average, free throw percentage. I guess he's been pretty good. My, I, I thought it was wor- seven fifty. Wait, is that right? I guess so. Free throw percentage 750 750 730 69 71 78 76 75 77 75 75 71 73 why did i think he was such a low free throw shooter let's see shaq's free throw he, percentage. he flops a lot lebron flops do you think um he's gonna do well here in la i think he's gonna do well in la yeah you think i think, I think he, he's one of those rare players that just can do well anywhere. Oh, now here is Shaq's free throw percentage. Wait, wait, can, can I guess? Is it 38? Overall, his career? 380? No, his, it's it's higher than that, but it's bad. <laughs> it's 0. .52. 59, 55, 53, 48, 48, 52, 54, 50. He's making half of them. He's making half of them, yeah. 622, 490, 460, 460, 420. 420. But, you know, his hands were so big, like Shaq, for him to shoot free throws is like shooting with a tennis ball. Would you ever want to be that big? Probably. <laughs> I mean, he's a real giant. Yeah, he is a real giant. He is uh, He's a fun guy. That's a, you know, Shaquille O'Neal is a, is a guy who has fun. A lot of personality, yeah. A lot of personality. He is uh he's kind of like a law guy. He's a cop guy. I I don't I don't know he I don't know if he's like a Trump guy necessarily, but he I don't know if he likes LeBron. Do Shaq? I don't think Shaq and LeBron get along. I think uh if you take away personal differences, I think you have to expect respect each other's talent. Yeah. So I think he says for sure LeBron is the best basketball player in the NBA. Yeah. And maybe the best to ever play basketball. Yeah. Right now. And I think Shaquille O'Neal is also in that list. But when people say Shaq, they say one of the best centers mm-hmm. to ever play the game. LeBron, the best player ever. Yeah. So I think, um, but aside from skill, whether there's ego involved, I don't know if Shaq is mad or I don't know if there's any of that happening. Right. But I feel like personality-wise, I'm surprised that they're not friends because LeBron's silly too. And I think Shaq is silly. They would bond over their silliness. Yeah, I don't know how silly LeBron is. Yeah, I remember he did like he does a couple like funny videos on. He his does Instagram. some funny stuff, but yeah, Shaq is uh, I don't know. It's an interesting dynamic. Shaq is just uh, he's more and he produced comedy. Shaq, he's funny. He's produced comedy. He's produced Shaq All Stars. Yep, he produced that. LeBron, he I I don't think he's not a comedy guy. He but he he's Shaq is is silly and funny, likable. Yeah. And he represents. He's like a. He's a sheriff. He likes the police. Yeah. Not that all police are perfect, of course. You know, but he's that LeBron. I think they're different. It's just interesting to see. It's interesting to uh, to see how it's going to be. I think it's going to be. 
I don't know. I think it's going to be a lot. Just going to be a lot of. Uh, he's got his. He's got a show on HBO. He's got a show on Showtime. LeBron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's taken over. It's taken over. I don't know. I think there's pushback. There's. I mean, they've already like went over his his uh, mural. It's like this is a. Kobe was like. Into he was all basketball. Kobe was all winning Lakers. That's it. Like he had a little rap album, you no. Know, but yeah, he also he, won a Academy Award later on. Yeah, he yeah. did that thing later on. But when he played, it was all basketball. He lived in the gym. He was the Black Mamba. That's what he was. And he won. What he went five World Championships. Something like that. Kobe, yeah, some, so, yeah. you know, close to that. So this is different. This is all. I mean, LeBron's already made some waves with uh you know he has the barbershop show he had that on that prepared 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 that happened last week so i don't know it's it's a uh, here's the deal it's a lot you think he's doing too much i don't think he's doing too much i'm just saying for me personally it's a lot of lebron it's a lot of lebron i don't even know who else is on the lakers i don't even know who's coaching the Lakers. kevin hart's gonna play for the lakers too like a point guard yeah yeah (laughs) kevin that's the only thing he needs to do is be a professional athlete I mean, I'm not again. I'm not saying. I, I'm just. I'm not. I'm not totally down with it. I'm just not. I don't want to. You know, LeBron. He had the show on the other day, and I guess there's a lot of N word and F word, and I. I, I don't want to be around it. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that earlier. It's a, that's my choice. I just. I mean, I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't say the word. Don't. Don't be the way. I'm saying I don't like it. Yeah. So I'm going to see how because you never heard Magic say the N word. You didn't hear Kareem say it. I'm not saying don't say the word. It's a word. You're allowed to say it, and I get that. I'm saying that by LeBron's coming here, it's it's going to be – this is Hollywood. This is mainstream. Is Hollywood ready or is L.A. ready to hear, to see that? It's good. They're going it, to – because it's, it's not going to – it's not something, oh, it's in Cleveland. This is something that, oh, it's this is in the urban community. It's now in Hollywood. Yeah. My sense is – a lot of people are, are going to be – they're going to recoil a little bit is my – it's a little – that's my opinion. I don't I just don't want to be around the cursing and that kind of talk. That's my opinion. Yeah. But I, th- I'm not the audience. See what I'm saying? It's like, okay, you're out. And I get that. That's why I sometimes feel like I'm like a dinosaur. Yeah, like I feel like even – I like to use South Park as an example. Uh-huh. South Park was one of those shows that started to break the mold of using the license of profanity. Uh-huh. And before that, every – like my mom wouldn't let me watch South Park. She right. says, don't watch South Park. They make fun of Jesus. Uh-huh. They say bad words. They say a lot of swear words. Don't watch it. You're not allowed to. Right. And I think that was back when I was. This is I'm talking, 15 years ago. Uh huh. More 16, 17 years ago. Now this 17 years later, I feel like people are saying you can swear, you can say these things, and now it's almost socially acceptable. Which I feel like there's sh- certain words just just motivate. A certain energy that I don't like. Yeah, cursing is bad. Yeah. Cursing is is. There's a I reason why yeah. there was a reason why you weren't allowed to curse on national TV. You were there was f there were rules against that, and you, know, you heard the word ass on TV. It was like whoa, and now it's just everywhere. Yeah, and I I think I do think it's it's not. I think it's unhealthy. 
I think that there's a reason why there's language, you know, age restrictions and R-rated and PG-30. There's some, there's some truth to that. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that. Now you get rid of that. You're getting rid of that. And now you see, and even though I said earlier, like, you go out, it's not so bad. But it is bad. I mean, yeah. there are, you know, uh, you know, street racing and there's high-speed chases and there's fighting everywhere and there's gun stuff and then there's stealing there you know there is stuff happening there is people would say there is a breakdown in culture i think to say that there is a breakdown happening somewhere in culture because we're seeing a result of some of it you know just with you know some of the violence and some of the uh, sad stories the homelessness we'll go into that homelessness here in california yeah. mental illness this is all in the news yeah mental illness definitely like I, I i saw a guy i i parked my car and i was about to go do a show and i was just going over some notes and right. to my right there's this homeless guy walking down the street being very uh like loud Big, very loud, demonstrative, literally screaming, holding his hand, screaming. Okay. And then he took a soda can, or not a soda can, a soda. It was like a fountain drink. Okay. He picked it up and threw it onto oncoming traffic. Okay. And I just looked at this, and then he walked past a mail, like one of those blue mail bins, and he started kicking it repeatedly. Yeah. And then he just continued to walk down the street. Mental illness, most Clearly likely. mental illness. Clearly mental illness. Could be drugs. Could, could be, be drugs. abuse. Could be a lot of things. But there's definitely something. And obviously, that type of behavior is not uncommon in downtown areas or in LA or cities that are heavily populated. I feel like that is a huge issue where I want to... I always thought of a show where I take a limousine and I look for people that are on the streets that are neglected. And I bring them into the limo. And uh, They did that. It's called Boogie Nights. There's a scene in it. <laughs> that's what I. Uh, that's what I want to do. I, I really care about the mental health because I've had family members that suffer from mental health, and it's it's a big issue. It's an issue, and we, uh, yeah, these guys are like schizophrenic because they could be productive members of society if they you get think the proper. So? I think if they get the proper diagnoses and they say this medicine can potentially help you, and they also meet with people that can help them. And have them and just kind of shut off those voices that are in their head. Or if it's they are always going to be this way, it's like try to give them a better life and a government-funded facility. They need to do that. That's what they said. They they shut down all the government facilities. Reagan closed down all the mental hospitals. I feel that's what we need. Yeah. We need some kind of mental hospitals. We have to have facilities for these people. And then you have the college kids work on them. Yeah, that that's such a genius. Like, as a college credit, you work on these people. I mean, that's a way of getting free labor, but also it's a way of teaching Case these studies. students. Yeah, like, in a way, the students' currency that they're gaining is knowledge. It's like, you want to be a dentist at UCLA? We're going on a field trip today. It's like an open mic. You don't get paid to do an open mic, but you go there to get better. Yeah, and you're going to pull these rotten teeth out. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. The guys, some people are just far gone, and there's really... Yeah, there's not a whole lot you can do. And it's, it is scary because sometimes these guys do act out. They do walk in the middle of traffic. And I try not to think about my mom being out there. My mother's 87. She lives in Palm Desert. She's out there and she's driving and she's doing, I mean, I, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. So, and again, they're few and far between, but 
you do see it. You see it here in Los Angeles, just driving down the street. You notice at these bus stops, they're full of people and there's trash and garbage and you're seeing it. So how did that get that? So that's coming from somewhere. Yeah. Is that a breakdown of society? Is that, is that where it's, is that coming from cursing? Is that coming from graffiti? Is that coming from F the police? Is that, what is that coming from? I don't know. It's just a whole, there is a real, you know, issue with that. You can look the other way. You can live in your, in a gated community. You can have protection and not see it. But, uh, yeah, I had a homeless guy try to fight me a couple weeks ago. You did a homeless guy, homeless guy tried to fight me. I was, uh, uh, not worth it, by the way. Not worth it, definitely. No, I was I was helping my buddy. Uh, my buddy's producing a commercial, so he invited me to consult on the commercial for him. And I showed up, and then I was like, "Yeah, maybe you can." I was like, uh, "Essentially, you can hang a banner right here." And we're outside, and I'm like, "I'm not taking up anyone's space on the sidewalk." I was like, "Essentially, you can hang up a space right here." And this guy said, "Essentially, you can get the f out of my way." And then I looked at him. I was like, excuse me? And then he just stopped. He was holding his skateboard, and he looked like he was going to hit me with it. Uh-huh. And he looked homeless. Okay. Um, he looked very disheveled. Where was this? This was Skid Row? in Bur- Burbank. 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 Burbank, yeah. So, And then he eventually walked off. Wait, um, it's, you can't do it. Not worth it. No. For your safety, and you just have to like step aside and let him go. But I do think, what if he got into a conversation with uh, another person that was like a rel- like like you know someone's brother or someone's aunt like that's someone's you know what I mean so the, the, so there is a level of I don't know how much danger like the homeless really put people in I feel like homeless kind of keep to themselves in a way yeah. yeah they're loud it's almost like a loud speaker mm-hmm. that's not hurting anyone I don't know how much I don't know if they're assaulting people sometimes. Sometimes there's not not all, but some assault. Some have body odor, and it's like that's yeah, a tough, yeah, that's yeah. a tough thing. That's a tough thing. Body to, odor is tough. Yeah, to sit next to the body odor, so it's a problem. We all got to war. But how did we get the problem? That's that's what I'm getting at. And I think the veteran community. There's a lot of homeless people from the veteran community. I think a lot of it. Just, I think a lot of it just has to do with just not adequate medication. Yeah. But the thing is. Then what do you do? You know, I think the, the pharmaceutical companies can say, hey, we're going to do a big push and we're going to donate this much money to homeless mental health. But they don't want to take it. Yeah. That's the thing. There's some people that choose to live. I was driving to uh, the Ram Stadium and uh, the Coliseum downtown. The Coliseum, Coliseum downtown. USC. USC. Um, the Rose Bowl is somewhere else. That's Pasadena. Pasadena. UCLA Rose Bowl. plays there. UCLA Rang, plays. Wango Tango. <laughs> and I'm driving past there, and there was a, it was an Uber pool, mm-hmm. and there was a guy that was sitting behind me, and he was addressing how dirty things are, and he goes, God, it's so dirty downtown. Look mm-hmm. how dirty this is. And then the, we saw these homeless people sleeping in tents. Right. And then he mentioned, he was like, people want to live in tents. Their, their prerogative is, thank you, cool story, bro. Thank you for offering me medication mm-hmm. and help and food and water and shelter. No thanks. I want a panhandle. I want to live in a tent. And the debate goes to is that logic mental illness or is that logic the I want to live a simple life, leave me alone? Yeah. So there's that too. So I do there there are some homeless people that don't want help 
and they don't consider it that they're in need of help. But here's the deal. Most of the time, they're on drugs. Most of the time, yeah. they have mental illness. And it's they want not freedom. like just regular guys like you, you or me or somebody just regular going, I want to be homeless. This is what I like. <laughs> There's always something wrong. I don't know what the solution is. I'm just saying that is here. I mean, it's everywhere. It's in Arizona. It's this and that. And I just, I do feel that, um, you know, there's language matters. There's, I, I've just, I was just raised on, I just think, I'm not, America is, is a, a, again, I don't want to get all into politics. I, I just, I'm just in a believer in the way I was raised. You like what I'm doing. You like that the, I'm around popular, fun, cutting edge even, um, you know, environments. Yeah. And I'm bringing what I'm, what I bring. And if I told you a lot of how I feel, it would be like, uh, that's not welcome here, but you are welcoming it. You do see it. Meaning like, it's able, I've done the warmups. I'm blue collar Jewish. I'm from the Valley. I, now would I be, would I be hired today to go work for Chelsea lately? Probably not, but because I'm not a political activist, but this guy who wasn't a political activist worked at your show, helped out your show, and he was bringing values taught to him that wouldn't jibe with your values necessarily. Like, I'm, I was bringing value. You know, people would always put, you know, the valley. They put down the valley. But I work, I grew up in the valley, but I'm working on these successful Hollywood shows. Yeah. So I'm bringing that, that the, the stuff you say you don't like Blue collar, um, no culture, white, straight male, whatever. I'm bringing that to your show, and it seems you seem to be using it. Meaning, like it's like it's not disruptive. I actually help your show, but I feel like my I'm like down my not downgraded, but it's like not accepted. So I don't carry much weight. I'm like no, whatever. It's a, doesn't matter. Not doesn't matter, but. I could just say, like, I'm thinking a certain way. I bring a certain thing to the table, and the hipsters seem to like it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like it does work. Whereas, like, if I told you, you know, oh, Brody, you're from, uh, you don't like, you don't like hearing the N word. I'm not going to hire you. But I don't like hearing it. We can't hire you. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, my thoughts, maybe, like, I'm saying, like. I have these thoughts that you may think, oh, he's racist. He's out there, which I'm not. And I apply some of these values to your show. So you're not ashamed of your values. Yeah, valley values. Yeah, and like a lot of times I feel like we, sometimes people mask their values in order to do the Darwinism, adapt, survival of the fittest. Yes, I'm not, I'm not yeah. masking them. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying... I'm, I'm, it worked on your show. These yeah. values that you would probably say aren't, I don't want them in my, I don't want that kind of person around me. But I just worked with you. Mm -hmm. And you liked having me there. So I, and I'm applying those, what I just told you, I applied those to your show. So it seemed to work, but now you don't want me or you wouldn't have hired me on that. You I see what I'm saying. I know, kind of? I, I know. I know what you're saying. Uh, uh, I feel like there's this level of judgment sometimes people have. Like I was talking to this uh, casting person, 
and I was sharing with them my uh, beliefs about God, and they were Ooh. so turned off. Don't do that. And I was just like, we're just having a conversation, and it came up. The, the topic came up where I was talking about my friend who's going through something, and I was like, yeah, and he told me that he, uh, he started to pray about it, and then I just heard like this snicker. Like it was like, and I was just like, Yeah, you, you can't hey, say know, thoughts and prayers. Yeah, yeah. So so the thing is, it's like, why was like I don't mind if someone were to tell me, hey, listen, I worship this and I feel like this, even if I don't agree with it, and it's the most unbelievable thing to me. And if it goes against everything I believe in, like kind of like my roommate that I discussed earlier that was an atheist, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm learning. I accept that. You have every right to believe what you want to believe. So I think the absence of judgment makes... Judgment. Yeah, yeah, it's judgment, man. Like, why is it that you're you're working on a show, you're a good dude, you're a positive guy, you're, your whole motto is uplifting people. You tell people to enjoy. You remind people enjoying. But I remind them because I, I got it. See, enjoy it came from a, a lady that I met at McDonald's. I was in Arizona. Freshman year, 1988, Tempe, Arizona, Arizona State. On Sundays, I would go to McDonald's and read the LA Times. I was homesick. So every Sunday during the wintertime, I'd go to I'd go to the McDonald's in Tempe, and the lady working there, I'd get my Big Mac number one combo special. I'd <laughs> order it in, and she had a little bit of an arm issue, like a little bit of a thing. And I remember I'd order it, and then she had it on the on the um, you know on the tray, and like slid it across the table, and would go, enjoy. <laughs> she was like, she was so excited and professional. I was like, enjoy. Then I went to Wendy's in Tempe down the street. I order a double and a and a chocolate frosty. I pull up to the window. Enjoy. She was working also at Wendy's. She worked at McDonald's. Oh, wow. She worked at Wendy's. She was working at the improv and the comedy store. She's working, she was double dipping. <laughs> but she said, enjoy. And she was like, and I, like, I noticed it. So I'm playing baseball, right, at Arizona State. And I just started saying, enjoy. And then it started picking up. The guys on the team, enjoy. Enjoy it. Enjoy us. So I saw how that traveled. That little simple happy gesture that I saw that got my attention at that time. I was young because now you go to Chick-fil-A and it's like, my pleasure. You know, they say that. And then sometimes the other places will say my pleasure too. Oh, you're a former Chick-fil-A guy working at Jack in the Box. I know you're, I know the, I know the handbook. So that little gesture, she was excited about her job, mm-hmm. excited about that Big Mac combo, excited about the chocolate frosty. I'm playing baseball. Baseball's about energy. You're around. You're traveling. You're together. Enjoy. It starts picking up. Simple. Yes. Push. Having fun. And then we were winning. I saw winning. I saw this. I saw that. I saw success. I saw in my personal life, my schooling, based off having fun, having wholesome passion not like f you f that mother f that it was more like enjoy silly fun that was my thing that's what i brought and and then tied in we learned about visualization from the mental skills coach that's one reason why i went to arizona state because i knew i would get top-notch baseball training I went there in 85 for spring training to see the Cubs and the Angels out in Arizona. 
And it was like, wow, this is pretty cool. All the baseball spring training. And then a few years later, when I had a chance to go to Arizona State and I took a trip out there, it's like, wow, you mean I'm going to play baseball? I have a chance to around all these major league baseball teams? This is like baseball heaven. Mm. So when I had an opportunity to go to Arizona State, I, I felt it and I, I jumped on it. And then we had um, mental skills coach. Our, fr our freshman year, we learned about the psychology of coaching. So we had Harvey Dorfman, who's the mental, he wrote the mental game of baseball. He worked for the Oakland A's because the Oakland A's were there in Phoenix. Mm. So they taught us about visualization and positive affirmations. And our coach was a psychologist, Coach Brock. He and his wife, they taught us all about, you know, even basic stuff, just study habits and to-do lists and just basic how to be an adult, a successful adult, and winning. And it became a better baseball player. I went from my freshman year from being like, didn't play one inning, one inning of fall baseball, not even JV fall baseball. JV, I didn't get into a game. But I kept believing and... I wasn't getting coaching necessarily from the coaches because I was so low on the low on the totem pole. I had to rely on other players to help me, older players, and they liked me, you know, joke they were tough on me at first, but and I got better. I and I my pitching got better. And then I ended up went I ended up traveling, went to the playoffs. We went to Connecticut. I went from not playing one inning of JV fall baseball they basically said you're free to leave you're free to go you don't you're not needed here and i go um i'm not leaving i go you guys brought me out here i'm not leaving i don't quit and i remember the team went to taiwan in the fall during the christmas arizona state arizona state went on a trip to taiwan to go play the taiwan national team or whatever i didn't get to go they only took 24 guys i didn't get to go and they said, we're going to Taiwan. Did you think you were going to go? Were you like, oh, they're probably no. going to ask me. No, I didn't play one inning of – I knew I wasn't going to go. Copy, okay. Because I didn't play one inning of JV fall ball. Right. So they said, we're going to Taiwan. We'll be back on, like, January 4th. We're going to start practicing on the 5th, and then school starts on the 10th. You can come back on the 10th, and we start practicing. And I said, no, I'm going to meet the bus back in the parking lot. And so I – met that bus they came back from taiwan i was waiting for them i go i'm here and i practiced with the team and then the season started and the first game i didn't have a uniform but i was practicing i stay i went back i practiced for two weeks when they came back from taiwan and then coach brock gave me a uniform he said get bro to your uniform i got a uniform the second game i had a uniform so that was because i didn't quit they i could have easily have said i'm done but I said, or transfer or whatever. So I did that. And then it went on to being that uh, we had a, we had our, the season started and I was suiting up for non-league home games. Mm -hmm. And then we played UCLA, first league game. I go into the, I go into the locker, my uniform's not there. And I'm thinking, why is my uniform not there? And they go, oh, it's a Pac-10 league game. We only suit up 25 guys. You're not in. So I was out. So that bothered me. But I was playing JV ball. Now I'm playing JV ball. Season started. I actually like earned my way to pitch on the JV. And I just would uh, try and, you know, I, I remember we played UCLA or USC, and I'm watching outside the fence. I'm not a, I don't have a uniform, like, watching. Because the JV game was after the varsity game. 
So they play the varsity game like in the afternoon, and the JV game would be later. And the JV was you can if you're a varsity guy, you go down there to get some at bats, or you can pitch a little bit. And I knew I was starting, so game the varsity game would end, and then I go start, and I was pitching well on JV. And in one game, I struck out 17 batters. And we just happened to be going down to Tucson that week. You can take an expanded roster. So I struck out 17, expanded roster. Brody, come with us to Tucson. So I go to, and somebody got suspended. So I go down there. Then I come back. Then we have spring tournament. We go to Riverside, expanded, not expanded roster. It's a tournament. We need to bring an extra pitcher. Somebody got suspended. Brody's on JV, bring him up. Boom, I went to Riverside and then pitched in the game. Mm. So, and then season kept going. I would travel. Sometimes I wouldn't travel. But what I'm getting at is I learned about being positive and pushing and getting into that zone and visualizing and having affirmations and not complaining. When we played, if you were on the pitching staff, one guy messed up, we all ran. You learn like every the team got punished. And then you learned about when we would get yelled at. You'd be winning a game. We're winning. And we go, we're going to get in trouble. Guys are missing signs, but we're winning the game. We're going to run. And then they would threaten you after the game. Like, you're going to run. Coach would yell at you. So I was just able to apply all that. And I saw the results. And then the same thing with like doing audience warm-up. I, I, I didn't start doing audience warm-up until like six years after doing stand-up. And then I was, it all came back. And... I just try to share that with people. And so when people tell me I'm wrong or this, it's like I'm not gonna, I'm not going to change. And it's worked for me. But after a certain point, you just got to like say, "Hey, you know, I don't want to beat my head against the wall all the time." And then and, it, and the other thing is like I need to practice some of those philosophies. You know, maybe I would, more people would listen if I became more of a bigger name. Now, how do I become a bigger name than I am now? Maybe practicing some of those philosophies of hard work and organization yeah. and all that stuff. I don't know. But I just say it's a fun way to go. It's like baseball is fun. I focus on baseball's popular. It's, 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 a, it's a fabric of America. So I feel like if I talk about baseball, I, I'm not going to get into trouble. If you start talking about America, the flag, we were founded on this, you're going to get push, pushback and resistance. But baseball gives me because you're dealing with you know it's different cultures you're dealing with adversity and so many things and um that's how i did that what do you think about that paul you're now here let me say one thing before i cut you off which i've done a couple times (laughs) we're just talking here i I don't even i don't this is a different i used to i had a podcast before i had the festival of friendship this is a festival of sports and friendship is the same thing essentially but all i would do is interview guys and like what I'm doing today is like we've I don't know how long we've gone for I'll find out like probably an hour or so. I used to do a lot of these interviews and I like it. I feel like I can get I can get more into it, but I, I feel that this is a good first step of me taking action. I need to book guests on this podcast for me to get up here and just be silly and goofy and all that. I could do that sound effects theater all these things, but I need to interview people. Yeah, I noticed that we didn't even use sound effect theater, and I feel like what we've been discussing, I feel like we're two dudes that are just being hyper real. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you're you just a real dude, man. And like what you mentioned about oh, baseball. Gosh. Go everything else? Are you, uh, are you tired? I'm tired a little bit. I wonder how long we've done. I'm just rusty in terms of like having a full-on guest. I used to have guests all the time. And that's probably the way to go. I kind of feel like a Mark Marin here. 
picking apart, answering, but my brain and we've talked about this with medication and all that. It's a whole different thing right now. We're talking about a lot of shit. But I felt like today, Stop, I, sorry. today, sorry, I, I felt like today on this podcast, it was just good for me to have a guest on and just to kind of like chop it up, mm-hmm. throw it around. Even you know, a lot of li- we're talking, listening, cutting. Also, the the mechanics of interviewing of people is is a is a mu- is a muscle. Yeah, and also just being able to talk and just be real. Like I'm trying to be as authentic as I could possibly as authentic as I can possibly be off stage. Yes. And, and when I'm just talking to people and I'm trying not to fabricate, I'm not trying to this, you know, change any details about anything just to say what something is and say my opinion and be impeccable with that. I read The Four Agreements by the way, the audiobook. The Four Agreements? Have you read that? No, what is that? It's a great book about being positive. It is, really? Yeah. I want to hear about it. The Four Agreements. No, hold on, I was retweeting something. Yeah. Go ahead. That was a good movie, The Four Agreements. Four Agreements, audiobook, I played in my Jeep. Enjoy. I, th- I think that it's just muscle memory. It's just, and also the other thing is, it's such a, it's such a uh, heated, I'll be honest, like we were, I mean, we're talking about Arabic, Islam, the N-word. I mean, I, I kind of like don't want to go, it's kind of like scary scary you know yeah. waters i felt that way a little bit even when i was talking about you know negativity and being positive and friends of mine that would confine in me but that's something that i didn't have to deal with three or four years ago when i was in the the the, the midst of doing my weekly podcast when i was interviewing all these comedians every week i was doing my own you know the my festival of friendship and politics we didn't talk about it we didn't talk about that that we weren't involved in the outrage culture so to be honest, that stuff's going, filing through my brain as I'm talking. Who's going to be upset? Who's listening? Who's going to tweet this out? Who's going to be outraged? That's not healthy. I also feel like I just need to kind of get through this and, and, and do more of these, and then I'll get better, get back on it again. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to wrap this thing up. I yeah. feel like these, I feel, let, let's see how long we've done. Emma? I think we did two hours. No way. Hour and a half? An hour and 40. Hour and 40. Yeah. That's good. I think an hour and 40 is, is pretty good. Um, Emma, were you listening or were you working? Do you, how, let's get your, how did you think it was today? Was it a ramble session? Was it interesting? Was it different? Was it unique? Is there potential? Is this something we should do more of? It was in. So you could you see somebody downloading this podcast or somebody watching it today and listening to it and this was uh this was flowing all right? Yeah. Do you what do think, you think, Paul? Well, do you think people would start following us on our social medias? What are yeah. Like like if you listening to this, are you like, hey, what's Brody's Instagram? <laughs> all right emma's very supportive yeah yeah but yeah. she's honest also emma's yeah honest. yeah emma's honest what is your uh instagram paul uh it is paul alaya underscore and then my twitter is paul alaya nice guy i need to change it paul alaya nice why not why so i used to go under this alias telling people i'm a nice guy and i would always have i would do that i'm a nice guy yeah i was that's I was, my bit <laughs> you would say i'm a good guy i'm a good guy yeah and i was saying nice guy since i was in high school why were you saying that because uh, uh, without, 
you know what it was? I would always be nice to everyone around me. Uh huh. And the reason why is because I wanted people to like me. There was a need to be accepted. I had three brothers. There was a need to be, you know, accepted by all my brothers. I felt like I needed my family to respect me. And I was always kind of had my own ideals and opinions. I would mask them mm-hmm. in the interests of other people. Mm-hmm. And just so it started to carry over when I first moved to LA, I would uh, always use the hashtag, I'm a nice guy. And I would tell people that I'm a nice person. And I would always preach about being nice. And then I realized that a lot of that noise is bullshit. And it's not real. And I think I want to be more authentic. So I completely removed the, the nice, nice guy. guy. Now you're jerk? Now Paul, I'm Paul uh, <laughs> not Paul Jerk. But the thing is, I don't want to change it on Twitter because they're going to take away my Twitter verification. And I need that blue check mark. You could probably contact them. Yeah, I might contact them and say, hey, I'm, tra- I'm, I'm a changing jerk it. now. Yeah, I'm a jerk now. <laughs> yeah. I, I started saying I, I'm a good guy after I had all my issues with some things like me lashing out on Twitter several years ago, I had to start saying, I am a good guy. I had to put out positive energy. But I was always positive. I was always positive. I just never really spoke about it. But yeah. I had to tell people, I'm a nice guy. Yeah, I'm a good guy. Because people think... Uh, but then we're overcompensating for something, too. Yeah, and that's like what you explained summed up the struggle I was going through. What did I explain? That you said that you would say that you're a good guy. You feel like you need to tell people you're a good guy after you had this Twitter situation. You were letting people know, listen, as a reminder, I'm a good person. Yeah. And I would constantly tell people I'm a good person without even having the Twitter rant. Imagine you just saying, hey, I'm a good person. People are like, okay, we get it. Right. And, but there was nothing for me to validate it for. You need to put out some bad tweets. Yeah. So then that's when I started to retweet Donald Trump. There you Sometimes go. Sometimes I'm on his Twitter for so long, I forget I'm driving. And, uh, you know, there you accidents. Go. Yeah. Tweet and drive. Something <laughs> I don't do. All right. Listen, Paul, this was good. Uh, we know your Twitter handle. It's Paul is a nice guy underscore. Paul Alaya, nice guy. Paul Alaya, nice guy. He's got commercials. You can see him yeah. on Conan. He's got audition for one now. Your audition. You got to go, right? I can yeah, tell yeah, you yeah. got to get going. Um, Thanks for being a guest today. I appreciate it. Working with me, pushing through. This is Brody and uh, all things comedy. This is uh, anything else I need to say? Brody, this was a very much needed conversation. And I really feel like we connected, bro. So thank you. Well, we've always been connected. Yeah. Do you think the audience... We brought some connection with the audience. Uh, hopefully. For, for If there's any woke audience members listening to this, for sure. I think it was good. All right, listen. I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, this is Stephen Brody Stevens reporting live from Burbank, California with Paul Alaya. How do you want me to say it? Alaya. You really liked him. I got it right. I was nervous there. I get nervous. I get ner- <laughs> That's my That's my Twitter handle. I get nervous. <laughs> And I got to go do some stuff, too. We'll see you tonight. This is uh, All Things Comedy, Festival of Friendship, Stephen Brody Stevens. You can find me. I'll be in Detroit, by the way, October 2nd. I'm playing in Detroit in a month from now, October 2nd. Also, we're going to play Boston, New York, Philly, that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, enjoy it. Push and believe. We'll see you next time.